This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescents, ours and theirs. Hi, Cara. Hi, Vanessa. This is a special episode. (laughs) They're all special, just like all my children are special. They're all special. But this one is about New Year's resolutions. And I don't mean that in the way that we normally mean New Year's resolutions, which is like, I'm going to drink less. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to call my mother more often. It's New Year's resolutions in the context of all the advice that you and I have given over the past year, and it's a lot, and how we can all implement some of that advice in our own homes. Because FYI, even though we give the advice, it doesn't mean we actually follow our own advice. (laughs) We've we've been told on many occasions (laughs) by our offspring to please listen to our own puberty podcast. But also there's this notion that, you know, you make a resolution, right? And you're going to turn over a new leaf. You're going to do something differently. And then humanity gets in the way of that. 
<laughs> right? And uh, you you don't go to the gym on day three or, you know, whatever you, whatever the thing was that you really intended to do and do differently, you blow. And I think leading with the take-home message of this episode, I think where we want to land for ourselves and hopefully for everyone who's listening is how to not just throw out the baby with the bathwater when you blow your resolution, especially when it comes to interactions with kids who really need you to give yourself a second chance. Like, let's try to give ourselves permission to blow it with our resolutions and still try again. You don't have to wait till January 1st, 2024. How not to throw the teenager out with the hot tub? Is that the... Yeah, is that, yeah with the jacuzzi. <laughs> with yeah. the jacuzzi. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the resolution number one, numero uno, and you'll notice through the course of this episode, I'll probably move from numbering to lettering. So it will oh, be a deeply peppy. inconsistent list. <laughs> but number one is when you blow your resolution, which you will blow your resolution. Or we will at least. Yeah. Oh, sorry. When you, I mean me and Kara and all the rest of you out there. See, I always like to go with the first person, we, and Kara's always like, you got to go for the second person. And the one time I go for the second person, she's like, no, 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 you got to go for the first person. That's my resolution is to not correct your personhood. (laughs) When we blow it, which we will, not to give up on the resolution, because as we'll talk about, they are founded in not just good intentions, but they are also founded in evidence-based research data and guidance, which is why we give it in the first place. And there's real value to what we are resolving to try to do. And therefore, don't give up. It's never too late. Tomorrow is always a new day. And if you press pause on this episode and listen no further, you have gotten the heart and soul of this episode, which is pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and And try again to your same resolution and go back to your resolution. So I am going to start. I feel a story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My 12 year old has worn glasses since he was in first grade and he does not like wearing his sports classes. And he would really, he decided he really wanted to wear contact lenses. And so we got him contact lenses. I don't wear contact lenses. I don't know how to put contact lenses in. So his older brother very kindly taught him the night before he was heading to a big party, how to put the contact lenses in. What could go wrong? Right. We had a window of time. He was trying very hard to put the contact lenses in and unsuccessfully, I will say. Being a contact lens where I can just say, I feel his pain. It's uh, I didn't in know early you wear days, contact lenses. I used to. I used to. My eyes have aged beyond it. If I wear contact lenses, I can't read anything up close. So, but when you're learning how to do it and you're trying to stick something in your eyeball and it feels like a matter of life and death, like I can't wear my glasses. I have to wear these contacts. Actually, the emotions are very big. Yeah. I can imagine that's how it was in your house. The emotions were very big. So what did I do? I strolled in and cocked it all up. I don't know if we should use that language. I hope no one's offended by that. I was going to use the F word. So I thought that was a better 
a better one. Hocked? Like hawking a loogie? I could have hocked it up, hocked with a C, yes. So my kid is in the bathroom. He's like dressed for the party. He's desperately trying to like hold his eyelid open and do the other thing. And here I am, his mother, over his shoulder. And here's where I will use the F word. I literally said to my poor kid, would you put the effing contact lens in your effing eye? And Car, Can we just pause here? <laughs> what part of this story is your resolution? Because there are a lot of resolutions that I think... We could spend the whole episode on this resolution. So I actually am in the midst of writing about this. Whenever I feel incredibly guilty about something I've done as a parent, I then write about it because it makes me feel better. (laughs) Whenever I horrify my children in real life, I then write about it so that it can be, so it could last in perpetuity. Everyone can know what a shitty parent I am. So I was so impatient. I was feeling stressed because he was getting a ride from another family and I was worried that we were going to be late. And I was frustrated with my kid who was learning how to do something new. This is a theme in my life and didn't have the ability to take a deep breath and just like let him do his thing. I will quickly run to the end of the story and then I will get to my resolution. I swear. I looked at him. This story is as long as it took him to put in his contacts. (laughs) He did get his contact in after I left the bathroom. And then I looked at him when he came downstairs and I said, hey, it was pretty helpful that I shouted at you while you were trying to put your contact lens in. And he was like, oh yeah, mom, that was a real win. Thanks so much for your love and support. And I was like, okay. And then we got in the car and I apologized and we went on our way. And he's now four mornings into putting his contact lenses in by himself with me nowhere in sight. Yes, there's a connection there. So my resolution for the coming year <laughs> dying to hear what this is is to take on board two wonderful pieces of advice from two of our guests this year one is Aliza Pressman's advice when we are feeling elevated to remind ourselves we are not being chased by a bear or as my version is I'm not being chased by a caterpillar but to remember that our intense feelings of impatience, anger, worry, upset, whatever it is, are actually not life-threatening and we can like take it down a notch. And the second is from Dr. Becky's advice that if the house is on fire, if the emotional house is on fire, all you have to do is contain the fire and it is not the moment to fireproof the house. So very good resolution. See, you leave little faith, but I got there. I would also resolve to get out of your kid's bathroom. I think go granular on this one. Yeah. So get out of his bathroom when he's putting in his contact lenses. Have faith in my kid that he can do hard things that he has never. Oh, I forgot to say at the end of the night, we then had to figure out how to take the contact lenses off his eyeballs. (laughs) Can I, Which, can I be a pediatrician for a second and just say, Vanessa, you are not a contact wearer. Washing of the hands. Yes. Very important. That I said over and over. And he yeah. washed his hands every single time before he put his fingers back in his <laughs> eye. I think He's got chafed hands. Oh. He washed his hands more times in that one piece of contact lensing time than he has in his entire life. Than all of COVID. <laughs> 
basically. <laughs> so my resolution is to find a mode where even when I am impatient and frustrated, to remember that I'm not being chased by a caterpillar, that my only job is to contain the fire and to not get on my kids' backs and give them a hard time when all that's going to do is make the situation worse. I think that's a beautiful resolution. Thank you. And I wish you Godspeed. (laughs) (laughs) I do. (laughs) Good luck on that. If you want any evidence that this is a two-decade resolution, you you could watch me while my kids were brushing their teeth, tying their shoes, zipping their coats, doing their homework. I mean, it is, it is a minute. It's a theme. It's a theme that you're looking to read. It is the, it is the light motif of my parenting of nearly 20 years. Yes. What I most appreciate about your resolution is how you pulled in episodes from the puberty podcast. I was showing off. Yeah, that was quite a flex because, because I'm going to give you my resolution. I have no episodes in mind, although maybe your encyclopedic memory can pull some for me and we can... My brain, that's like a steel sieve. Yes, I will help you. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why we created the Oom Short. Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested, I'm less cranky, and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa. We literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious, 
and healthy and still fit into that tiny window? Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So my resolution, which I actually started at the beginning of this school year, I took the, it doesn't have to be January 1st to take a do-over approach. And I think I've been doing okay. I could do better. So I'm resolving to do better at this, but my resolution has been and continues to be to not take anything quite so personally mm-hmm. or to not take everything quite so personally. Mm-hmm. And that resolution really boils down to in the parenting sense of the word, because, you, you know, you can take everything in life personally and, you know, socially and emotionally, you know, your whole life, your friend world, your all that. And and that's a much bigger conversation and really demands someone with some professional skills on the other end of the microphone who aren't us. But in terms of the parenting equation, whether it's the way another parent does things or another adult does things, and then sort of me instantly reflecting going, oh, I did it wrong or I did it badly by comparison, or frankly, more often, because my kids are old enough to do this, when I'm getting called out by my kids, being told I'm not doing my job super well, which they do do 
And I appreciate they do it in a kind of gentle way. Sometimes they do it in a mocking way a lot of the time. But I used to take it really personally and get all up in a bunch and get really defensive. And I understand why, because it feels bad. But if I don't do that, which I've started to get some practice at, well, two really great things happen. The first thing that happens is my cortisol levels aren't surging. My adrenaline isn't surging. I, I don't feel my heart rate isn't going up. My blood pressure isn't going up. I don't have that icky internal feeling. But the other thing that happens when I don't take it personally is I can actually learn from it. Mm. And sometimes my family has a point and sometimes they don't. So here's when they don't have a point. Okay. <laughs> I've talked about this. When they don't yeah, have I'm going to talk about by invalidating their feelings. I've talked about dishwashing in my house before, but I'm going to use it as a perfect example. I have one child off at college who is no longer part of post-dinner dishwashing, but I have one child left at home who is an outstanding dishwasher. It is his job. He does, I mean, his few jobs around the house. This is the job he does consistently. Well, he's great. He grabs the plates off the table. He starts at the sink. He's washing the dishes. My husband is next to him. My husband is either loading the dishwasher or drying what doesn't go in the dishwasher and blah, blah, blah. There is no room for me. I'm telling you, like, I am not a particularly large person and there is no physical room for me in that setup given how our kitchen is organized. And they mock me endlessly every night like, oh, are you going to do a phone call now? Oh, do you have to check an email? There's nowhere for me to fit into the dishwasher. And oh, side note, I probably have prepared the dinner. And yeah, I was going to say, I've done everything that runs up to, but I used to get really upset at the mockery and I've stopped taking it personally and I just dish it right back and it's more fun. And by the way, the lack of defensiveness has helped shine a light on the fact that they can just do the dishes themselves because only the two of them fit in this one little area. So that's a place they've gotten it wrong. A place they've gotten it right and a place that I've worked on a lot. My close friends are people whom I bounce things off of routinely. And that includes parenting things that I'm not sure about and I'm trying to get a gauge on. And like me, some of my close friends then bounce those things off of their close friends, or sometimes they run it by their kids in a, not in a sort of revealing way, but in a way that somehow ends up my kid has figured out that I have been trying to figure something out about them and they feel talked about. My kids feel talked about. That leads to a lack of trust. There's a fine line here between confiding in your friends so that you can parent better or you can adult better versus violating your kid's confidence. And I think I've been on both sides of the line many, many times. I can and have really have worked to do better on that. So that's an example of a time where my kids have called me out and they've said, you know what? It wasn't okay. I think you shared this and and that wasn't okay. And they're right. But to, you know, the overall approach of not being so defensive, acknowledging when someone's got a good point, laughing when they don't have a good point, sometimes, mostly laughing with them, sometimes laughing at them. I think that's that's sort of my... Now, do we have an episode that refers to any of that, Vanessa? I, I you know, there's a little bit of the judgment episode, I think. Yeah, that's true. But here's the thing. The thing that I love the most about not being defensive 
is that if we get defensive, the door closes, right? If we get defensive, whether or not we have a right, right? If you turn to your kid and you say, I made dinner, so shut your fat mouth because I made dinner and you can God well clean it up. (laughs) (laughs) But if you do that, then the whole tone changes and the whole mood changes and the door slams shut. And then every night, the specter of that interaction hangs over the dinner and the cleanup. And it's not even that you can be sort of the aggressive defensive, but you can also be the the sort of passive aggressive defensive, which I actually think is a little bit worse. Like I'm the wounded animal in the room. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Right. And you know what? If your kid hurts your feelings, I do believe you should say to your kid, you know what? That really hurts my feelings. Yeah. That makes yeah. me feel bad. And I have done that. And my kids are like, oh, sorry, didn't mean to do that. But when you play the wounded animal every single time, that sets you up for a whole different dynamic. That's not the dynamic most parents are going for. But I do like the idea of calling people on there's a way of responding, which is ha-ha, funny, and also like you can make fun of me and I can make fun of you a little bit and we're going to have a sense of humor about it. Last night, I actually sent it to you. Last night, one of my kids did such a spot-on imitation of me. I think it was like discussing like what's your approach going to be on this, you know, for this week, this final week of tests before vacation, something like that. And he just skewered me. And it was so funny. And I I was dying to know if you were videoing him at the moment, or if you said, do it again, I have to get that on video. I said, do it again. I have to send it to Cara because she's (laughs) going to wet her pants. And so... But what he was saying was two things. When they give it back to us, not in a disrespectful way, when they give it back to us in a disrespectful way, we have every right to say, "Uh uh-uh, that's hurtful. I need you to either take a breath or try that again. But when they come back to us with humor, what they're telling us is two things. One, I hear you. Like I have absorbed what you have been telling me ad nauseum (laughs) for the last decade. And number two, we can be in dialogue about it with humor. You are human to me. I am human Mm -hmm. to you. And we can be in conversation about it. And the way that I fail when I shout at my kids, when I'm trying to be with them in something, but instead I'm putting myself on the other side of it, is that it shuts down the conversation. And I can't always help when I lose my patience, but I can circle back and say, I'm really sorry I lost my patience. What could I have done better or differently? And knowing my older kids, I would say, I'm really sorry. And they would mock me and say, what could we do differently next (laughs) time without me even having to say that to them? Which kind of feels like a win. Like, Being mocked in that case actually feels like I'm doing something right. Well, because you're playing this secret jujitsu mind move where you're actually (laughs) making them think about what they could do, right? They're making fun of you, but they're kind of thinking about it that way, which leads me to another resolution, which is to stop having resolutions for everyone else in my family. Like we have this thing. But you. (laughs) We call my mom the Toastmaster General because whenever there is a dinner with more than two people, she will raise a glass 
and she'll go around the table and toast everyone and thank them all for being there for the various reasons that they're there and all the ways she knows them and how wonderful they are. I mean, it's really kind of a beautiful thing. And it's a little painful because you know how long it's going to take. And then she toasts the event or whatever. And she's like, she's the Toastmaster General. New Year's, the Toastmaster General always believed that everyone should share their resolutions with everyone else, which was sort of like opening presents at a baby shower. Yeah. Painful. Painful. Which is a habit that I picked up and a habit that my family immediately shut down. So then I did a twist on it where because they didn't want to participate in this exercise, which I actually don't blame them. It's really not that fun. It's super annoying. It's yeah. super annoying. I decided that we should share resolutions for each other. Let me tell you, that's even less fun. Oh my God, <laughs> really? You thought that was a better idea? You know, you take the do-over, Vanessa. You try <laughs> something new and then you realize it doesn't work and you take the do-over. So we did that for about one year. But mentally... I cannot help myself but to think if no one's going to share their resolution, I'm just going to play this mental game where I share what I wish their resolutions <laughs> would be. Things like I resolve to pick the shoes up off the floor. Oh, of please my room. don't. You know, that I, I can't even. I can't like, even. Okay. So another resolution that I am going to have is the resolution to let that go. In other words, you know, as our kids get older, and we always say a version of bigger kids, bigger problems. Everyone does. This is, you know, not our trope. It's the, the world's trope. But I think it becomes very, very important to recognize that really bigger kids, bigger problems. And so these little things that we do, these rituals we have for self-improvement, they can get oddly pathological and they can get mm. oddly controlling. And at a certain point, especially as your kids are heading through puberty and beyond, to recognize that New Year's does not have to be a moment of reflection. It can be, but so could, you know, next Tuesday. Like it right. just doesn't matter what day. Teaching the self-reflection is important. Teaching the goal setting is important. But doing this whole ritual around, I resolve to change something on a given day at a given time doesn't necessarily work for everyone. And if you, as the adult, decide you're going to resolve things for other people, that definitely doesn't work. I have my second resolution, and this okay. is actually related to Lisa Demore's book. Lisa Demore's forthcoming book, The Emotional Lives of Teenagers, which we're going to get into in the new year. We're very excited. And I don't want, this is not a spoiler alert for anyone, but like the thrust of the book is about learning to live through distressing, difficult feelings, not avoiding them and not immediately solving them or wishing them away, but just being able to cope through them. And I find as a parent, that is the hardest thing besides the shoes on the stairs. Um, <laughs> living through my kids' emotional distress, not letting it ruin my day, not trying to solve it or fix it for them, but just sitting through those rocky moments of difficulty, whether it's a test they think they failed, whether it's a difficult situation with a friend, whether it's getting cut from a team, whatever it is, parents feel their kids' pain so deeply. And reminding myself that the first emotion I have around my kids' challenges is not the only emotion I will have and that I can ride it out. 
Well, and I will say by extension, I think that same resolution could be in the opposite direction for one's own parents. Mm. Because, you know, the experience, and we haven't talked about this too, too much on the podcast, although I suspect next year we'll get into it a little bit more. You know, we have to have our mothers on the podcast. We're gonna have our mothers. That's the another resolution. General is yes. coming. Well, Liz would do well in the Kroll family because everybody gives toasts all We the should time. just have them on and they could just toast each other for <laughs> the entire episode. Whatever, they can toast us for God's sakes. A hundred percent. So it is very important for us to recognize as a generation in between, you know, involved in the lives of kids, but also caring for our own parents, that all the things you just described about how it feels to parent or help raise a kid are also all the emotions you feel about the people who raised you and all the emotions they feel about you. I mean, just because we're done being adolescents doesn't mean that this very big swell of emotions is gone for the parents in our lives. And I do think it's important to take that same advice of just listening and sitting with emotions when it comes to the older adults in our lives. As a society, we have this very bad habit of infantilizing older people and poo-pooing their feelings or simplifying their feelings. And I think we get that very wrong. That is a, you know, there are cultures around the world that do it quite differently and really revere the knowledge and and life experience, lived experience of elders. I think there's a real resolution in that just sitting with them, listening, letting them sit with their feelings, learning from their experiences. There's a lot to be said about that direction. And we're modeling for our kids how we would like them to treat us when we Oh, get I'm going to resolve to do better there. <laughs> <laughs> I am because our our parents know our buttons, right? And they And push our them. kids see everything and uh-huh. they watch everything and frankly they often do better than we do when oh, engaging yes. with their you know, if they're lucky enough to have living grandparents to engage yes, with grandparents them. grandparents do sometimes do better with grandkids than they did with their own kids yep. and likewise grandkids sometimes do better with grandparents. Um, it's a very beautiful mutual thing. I can reference an episode around that. Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler. Did the most I beautiful. think we should all just resolve to be more like Henry Winkler. <laughs> That's like the only resolution we need is to be as inclusive and empathetic and, and, loving, kind, and kind and loving and- as, yes, as Zoe and Henry. That would be lovely. So I'm going to send us off, Cara, in true Liz style. Liz's car's mom, in case you guys didn't know that. I think that we need to give ourselves grace, that making these resolutions is wonderful and important, and that we also need to have grace when we fall down and remind ourselves to get back up and try it again because it is better for us, it is better for our kids if we keep trying. And it does get easier. These skills do, except for my goddamn impatience, other things get easier. (laughs) But I've already gotten better about the contacts and I am going to do much, much better. And I just think I feel so lucky to get to do this with you, Cara. And I feel so lucky to have this incredible 
community of adults who listen to this podcast and the awesome adolescents who listen to this podcast who give us feedback and insight as well. This is just like, my resolution is just to keep getting to do this work in the coming year. Me too. (laughs) I'm resolving that today. (laughs) I'm not waiting till January 1st. Normally you just write ditto exclamation point. (laughs) Or I just do the pointing finger emoji. Yeah. What she said. So to all of our listeners, wishing you happy and a healthy new year filled with great joy and lots of patience and lots of do-overs and lots of love and maybe even some quiet moments to yourself. Happy new year, Vanessa. Happy new year, Cara. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts. Or check out our Instagram at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myumla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 